0: Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We're back with new episodes in 2017, telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics across the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, and if you'd like to get involved with Diabetics Doing Things, all you have to do is shoot me an email or reach out via Instagram. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. We had a great first year of the podcast, but none of it would have been possible without you and your support. I love getting messages, emails, and comments from type 1 diabetics all over the world. It really makes my day. So keep sharing, searching, and commenting, and I'll keep tracking down the people behind the amazing type 1 stories out there. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, and welcome again to Diabetics Doing Things. We're back with new episodes for 2017, and I'm very excited to introduce my next guest, Adriana Mendez from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Welcome to the show. Hi thank you
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: Well we're excited to have you um, and uh, for those of uh, for those of us listening who don't know you already uh, give us a little bit of an intro and, and how long you've been living with type 1 and uh, just a little bit more about you
1: um, like you said I'm from Phoenix Arizona and um, I have lived with type 1 diabetes for 26 years now my like a lot of us like to call it anniversary was December 24th. Um, I was four years old when I was diagnosed, so I don't remember much. And um, I like to be very, very active as far as exercising and doing things like that.
0: And I'm really excited to talk about uh, your, you know, fitness and exercise regimen because, uh, as you know, uh, that's a point where a lot of type ones struggle, just because it can be very difficult to monitor and manage your blood sugars. Uh, you know, around a difficult exercise regimen. So really excited to get your perspective on some of that. Um, uh, from the other thing as well, um, you know, living and growing up uh, with uh, with type one and really not, you know, remembering life before it. Uh, talk a little bit about what that was like, uh, you know, as a young child.
1: Yeah. Um, I was four, like I said, and I remember bits and pieces. All I remember is sleeping a lot. And my mom trying to feed me, me not eating, and I got to the point where I was so thin that I couldn't walk. And she had to carry me to the hospital. I was um, taken to Phoenix Children's Hospital. As soon as we arrived, they told her that I had type 1 diabetes or juvenile diabetes back then. Nobody knew what it was. Nobody in my family has it. I'm the only one. I like to say that I'm the lucky one. Um, (laughs) Because nobody else not type one, not type two in my, in my family. So I stayed there for two weeks. It was December 24th. So I was there for Christmas and for New Year's. I remember running from my mom every time I had to get a shot and hiding in the closet. I just hated it. I was so scared. And till this day, I do not like shots. It's just, it's, it's so hard to, I feel like it gets, harder for me as I get older rather than it get it getting easier and then school was another challenge so having to go to school not back then nobody knew what type 1 diabetes was it was something that uh, people just didn't talk about and didn't hear much about it so having to go to school I did miss a lot of school I had a few Scared my mom a lot. I one time I didn't get off the bus. She went to school and the the teacher said no. She got on the bus. I made sure she got on the bus and she and my mom's like no. Can you check the classroom? And sure enough, I was in the classroom with my head down because I didn't feel good. And the teacher had asked me to just put my head down, and I had passed out from a uh, low blood sugar.
0: Oh no! Wow, that's uh, what a story.
1: Yeah, very very scary. So it was scary. It was scary, but it, you know, we got through it. I. I survived. I know a lot of people say it's, it's nice that we have all these gadgets, but back then we didn't. And it really does make life easier. But I also know that we're able to survive with all these cool gadgets that we have nowadays.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, nowadays, and even I, I was diagnosed, I guess I just had my 12 year anniversary. Actually, uh, I was diagnosed on New Year's Day. So I'm very, very similar timing in terms of uh, time of year. And it's funny, I meet a lot of diabetics who, it, it always seems like it's around some sort of holiday. Yeah. No, Nobody's ever like, oh yeah, I just got diagnosed on a random Tuesday. It's always like Labor Day <laughs> or Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving, something like that. <laughs> um, but that, that's something that's very interesting as well. So, you know, when you were four years old, obviously, uh, like you said, 26 years ago, you um, the treatment options were much more limited than they are today. And even, uh, you know, meters and such were, you know, much more invasive and took a lot longer. Um, talk a little bit about that. Like, did things get easier for you as you introduced? And, you know, talk about what kind of, uh, how do you treat your diabetes today, whether a pump or, uh, you know, a CGM or any other sort of, or just injections? How do you treat uh, today?
1: Yeah, well, back then I had, I started off with my big meter that I don't remember what meter it was, but all I remember is that we would put a big drop of blood on it and then wipe it off. And I know that if it was like a kind of yellowish color, my mom wouldn't even bother putting it in the machine. She'd just rush me to the hospital because I was super low at that, at the range. And after that, I got the one touch where you had to put a big old drop of blood as well. But you didn't have to wipe it off and you would get a number in like 60 seconds. And then, um then finally, we got the, the smaller meters. I, I have been doing shots for two years now, and I did um, the pump for about nine years, and I tried all kinds of pumps and eventually gave up two years ago when I had a pump malfunction. Um, my tubing came undone while I was at work, and... I kept bolusing, kept giving myself insulin and my blood sugar just kept going up and I didn't know what was going on. So I just kept giving myself insulin and nothing was working. Finally, I got to the point where I just felt like I was dying. And I said, I'm going to go home. I clocked out, got in my car and I smelled insulin. And I looked down because I had the infusion set on my thigh and there was a big spot of insulin. So I down my scrubs and I see that the tubing was undone it it came undone from the infusion set and drove home probably shouldn't have done that but I drove home got home took 12 units of insulin and just laid in bed all day and I I felt so 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 sick after that I decided I was no longer going to pump so I've been doing shots for two years now
0: yeah I, uh, I had a similar experience once with a pump when I was in college, I, uh, the tubing had come out uh, of the infusion set, but the sticker, like the, the site was still on and hadn't really moved. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird, yeah. It was very similar. I had a, a really high blood sugar, about like 500 or so, um, mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. And yeah, it was kind of a, it's kind of a scary experience. Yeah. I had to, and you know, did a little bit of, just took a couple days of rest and injected it and then went back. But yeah, certainly I think it's interesting to see how, uh, different people treat, and I know a lot of people that use, uh, you know, strictly injections, and then a lot of people obviously that use the pumps as well.
1: Yes. And I tried, so after I decided to get off the pump, I tried Lantus, which was working fine for a little bit, and then I had to switch to splitting the dose because I was getting high in the evenings. And then I was thinking about going back to the pump because Lantis wasn't working for me, and at that time, they came out with Tujeo. So I tried that, and it worked great. It was working really good for me for a few months, and then I started getting those highs again and that um, dawn yeah. phenomenon in the morning. And then I was introduced to Traceba, which I've been using for about, I want to say, five months now, and I absolutely love it.
0: Fantastic. I, mm-hmm. And I think that's encouraging. I, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, no worries. I think that's encouraging too, right? Uh, that if even if you don't get it right the first time from a treatment option, like there's a wealth of different options today for type ones to, you know, find what works for them.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's so so nice that we have so many different medications now, and we can we have plenty to choose from. And if something doesn't work, there's always something else that hopefully will.
0: Definitely. Uh, now I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk uh, a little bit about your like training regimen and sort of and your fitness life and a little bit about cycling as well. Um, so something that I always run into, and I'm sure you do as well, is uh, when people who are type one talk about exercise, they always do it a little bit hesitantly because. Uh, there's so many unknowns, and your body can respond so differently uh, you know, from day to day, even if you're eating the same thing or performing the same sort of intensity of workout. Uh, how do you find balance? How do you prepare to, to go to the gym, and how do you fit uh, being a type 1 into your fitness regimen?
1: It was really hard at first. Um, I got a lot of help from my friend Mike. He, I met him online on 2diabetes.org. And he gave me a lot of tips. I also read Think Like a Pancreas, which helped me a lot. And um, basically, for me, exercise is the only time that I can really, really manage my diabetes. I know it's different for other people and they they have a really hard time managing their blood sugars. But for me, I've gotten to the point where I know exactly what I'm going to do and how much insulin I'm going to take or how much insulin I'm not going to take and what I'm going to eat. And it works out perfect. So if I'm going to lift weights, I know that is that is going to raise my adrenaline, so I'm going to end up with the high blood sugar. So before lifting weights, I always take a little bit of insulin. Um, I got to the point where I wasn't needing insulin anymore because my my exercise was the same. I wasn't changing it at changing it up so it had been the same for about a year and I wasn't eating insulin anymore but my blood sugar stays steady so that was great but now that I've changed my routine I once again need insulin so I take two units before I work out and that keeps me between 100 to 160 and for my blood sugar and I won't work out if I'm high so if my blood sugar is above 180 I won't work out so I always plan my workouts during the times that I know my blood sugar is the most steady, which is either early in the morning or in the afternoon, in the evening.
0: So, and and how does that play into, uh, you know, you mentioned that you um, that you don't work out when your blood sugar is high. I totally agree. I, I feel it's not necessarily from a danger standpoint in, in my case, but I just feel so crappy whenever I do. Um, So how do you plan your days around your workouts? You know, obviously uh, every week you're you're looking at your calendar and you're saying, yeah, this is when I'm going to work out, this is my routine. How do you make sure that you're going to be in the right range to get your workouts in uh, when you do?
1: I basically eat the same thing every day. (laughs) So just because I know what works for me, I don't want to have, say – pizza on the days that I'm going to work out because pizza is always hard for me I'm either, I am either go low right after I eat and then I end up high a couple hours later so I avoid certain foods I make sure I eat my protein my carbs and something um, like um, lean protein so like chicken or fish and then sweet potato or um, quarter cup of Steam rice and then my vegetables so it's my my meals are pretty boring they're not they're not that exciting but when I don't work out I do like to indulge in hamburgers and pizza and pasta
0: I gotta throw Chinese food into that mix as well that's one of, that's <laughs> yes. one, that's one of my favorites but it's so hard because it, it lasts a long time and I'll, oftentimes I'll sp- uh, split up my bolus and do like uh, and do sort of the the delayed response just because it sits in your stomach and it just won't. The insulin up front is usually not enough. So, um, yeah, always, always a challenge when you're indulging. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I feel like it's important to tell people that it's okay to eat boring, like give yourself permission to eat boring meals uh, because you're, that's going to help you get the results that you want, whether that's better control or – you have some sort of fitness regimen or goal that you're that you're working towards. Um, consistency in everything, and but especially in fitness, is, is very key for that.
1: Absolutely, I agree.
0: So I have- um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, how you specifically are maybe preparing for. You know, what are you working towards now? Obviously, you're you're very fit and like continue to have that as a part of your life. Uh, is there something you're looking forward to, or a, like a milestone that you have on your calendar that you're working towards?
1: I'm looking, as of now, I'm looking at maybe doing a bikini competition. It's something that I've always played with in my head. Like I always think that's probably something I want to do. And I think this year, that's my goal, to finally do it.
0: And how are you going to you know change what you're already doing um, to make that happen?
1: I have to really, 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 really work on my low blood sugars. I tend to run really low because I'm afraid Of high blood sugars so I'm always snacking on skittles or candy candy like that and I really really need to work on that it's um it's something that I've had an issue with for a few years now where I run I run really really low so for me 70 and 60 I don't consider a low but I still have to take candy for it because I don't want to go lower That's something that I have to work so that I can make sure I I can get to my goal and do a bikini competition this year.
0: So uh, do you find yourself, when you run low, do you find yourself overcorrecting for your snacks? Is that uh, that sort of part of it, or because you don't want to run high and just giving yourself too much insulin?
1: Right. um, One is because I'm eating all this sugar to correct the lows. So I'm running low most of the day, so I'm eating little... Skittles here and there or Starburst or whatever. So I'm consuming more calories than I should. And um, I don't overcorrect. A lot of the times, the The times that I do overcorrect is at night when I go super low, when I'm like 40 and I'm like losing my vision. That's when I overcorrect, but it doesn't happen often. So the, the working on the lows is mostly during the day where I'm just like eating my calories in skittles and Starburst or any sort of yummy candy
0: <laughs> right no I, I i definitely understand i think you know that's the balance is trying to make make sure that you know nothing will stop you from living the life that you want to but then also having that balance that's always a, is a, always a challenge
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So I I want to focus on some, um, you know, you've shared some great stories about, you know, some lows that you've had and also your, you know, diagnosis. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how you prepare. What do you bring in your bag when you go to the gym? I know you mentioned that you're, uh, you know, very concerned about low blood sugars and you don't work out when you're high. So how do you, um, you know, prepare ahead of time and what do you keep on you when you go to the gym?
1: Oh, I'm... I'm gonna say this. I am a bad diabetic when it comes to carrying stuff. I'm so used to working out, and I'm so I, I know exactly how my body's going to react that I don't usually carry anything with me other than a protein bar, and I eat that after my workouts. Um, if I do get a low, my gym has a little like a little sports store where they have sports drinks, and I'll just buy a, a Gatorade, and I'll sip on that. But I usually don't carry um, anything with me at the gym. So I don't have like a a gym bag full of snacks or anything like that. The only thing I carry is my protein bar and a water bottle.
0: Well, make no mistake, that doesn't make you a bad diabetic, right? And I I think that's important for us to think about too and and talk about because – you know, we're not. No matter how much you prepare, or if you always have something on you, maybe maybe you just had a day where you go extra low, and you need something else. So, um, you know, I've I've talked to people in the past about you know even at even weird remote locations, there's almost always a vending machine, or you know some yes. some way that you can get um, that sugar in you. I mean, let's let's face it, everything, uh, every, every processed food, every packaged food has carbs or sugar in it. Um, and you know, the, if, if there are no, you know, machines around, it, it's not, it's no shame to ask for help or ask somebody else for a snack or a Gatorade or something. So exactly, I remember, um, this was probably whew, uh, nine years ago, I was out hiking, uh, in Colorado with my cousin and. We took a trail. We like took a wrong turn in a trail. It's weird. Every time I go hiking, something terrible happens. <laughs> not, not. It's not like terrible like accidents, or but it's like some unforeseen error always gets us like way longer of a hike than we bargained for. So we had like one water bottle that we brought with us, and we're only planning on doing like a one mile hike, like no big deal. Well, we took a wrong turn, and it took us like around a hill and in this like ravine and up and down. It was like five miles, and it took us a lot longer. And so we ran out of stuff, and we had been exercising, so my blood sugar was pretty low. We hadn't had anything to eat, and so I remember when the first people that we saw walk by in like two hours, because we were basically like by ourselves. I was like, "Hey, do you guys have a Gatorade I can have?" And uh, yeah, they did, and they were very nice and, and let me and let me have it actually. So um, wow, yeah, there's there's always if you're not afraid to ask, there's always somebody that's uh, that probably has some sort of sugar or food on them.
1: Yeah. Yep, exactly. the The answer is no, anyways. If you don't ask, it's always gonna be no. So might as well ask.
0: Right. What's the worst that could happen? They could just be like, "No, I don't. I don't support diabetics who are having lows. That's just my." Yeah.
1: Thing. <laughs> exactly.
0: So. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no worries. I think. Um. So you know, for you as you look forward, uh, you know, to the next year, um, and you know, potentially doing your you know, first bikini competition, um, you know, what do you, what else are you hopeful for from a diabetes perspective? Are you, you know, just any, anything exciting that you, that you see and, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your Instagram account as well. The one type and kind of, you know, how you, uh, interact with people over there
1: um hopefully i'm hoping that i can still keep doing the rides for ada and jdrf i like to do their 50 and 78 mile rides or 75 mile rides and i like raising funds for them it's it's something that i've really fallen in love with and i do it only for the cause i don't i don't ride for any other um cycling programs or anything like that i, I strictly do it for ada and jdrf um so I hope to keep doing that and I hope to be able to keep raising funds for them. And, um, my account, oh my gosh, my account is about everything, mostly exercise and, um, the cycling. I, I like putting my cycling pictures up. I like, I like to show people that no matter what you are able to do whatever you set your mind to. Um, Diabetes is so hard just to manage and add exercise or anything to it. It just makes it 10 times harder. But it's not impossible. And that's what I like to show on my page is that no matter what, you can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I like to keep it positive. I don't like to, I'm not big on feeling sorry for myself. And I just like keeping it really positive. And I think it comes across as that.
0: And I think that's so important, obviously, like in this community. I think um, I've talked to other people with diabetes related accounts and they all sort of share the same sentiment that if we can just even brighten up somebody's day, um, that's worth it. Right. Uh, Just one person at a time, one day at a time, just encouragement, because some days we're going to have days where we're down as well. Um, so it's really important that we're able to, um, you know, support each other and kind of band together and just know that you're never alone. There's always somebody out there that, um, will lend a, lend a ear to listen. And I'm glad that there's another account out there like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love the messages that I get always telling me that I'm an inspiration to them, that thanks to me, they started working out or thanks to me, they tried something new because they see me always doing different things. So that means so much to me and that's why I keep doing it. Cause I know
0: I'm inspiring others. Well, I'm so glad that you're continuing to do it as well. And, um, you know, look forward to seeing your journey, uh, wherever it may go.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: So thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, and we look forward to, uh, to the release. And, uh, for those of you at home that want to follow Adriana on her journey, uh, on Instagram, that's the one type. And, um, We will obviously tag her in the post from there as well.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having
0: me. Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind-the-scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com.